Hello and welcome to Two For None, your favourite cricket comedy podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Cullen, and sitting across from me, across the table, can you believe it, the man, the myth, the legend, Christopher T. Barty Bardo. Hey, man. How are you? Hey, Pat. How are you? I'm all the better for seeing you, Bard. Look at this, across the table, like I normal know. people. Thrilling. <laughs> Thrilling. Um, for those at home, you can see we have a nice white tablecloth mm. with some Aztec Prince? Madagascan. Madagascan Prince. Madagascan, yeah. yeah. Right. The old man goes to Madagascar to do medical work. What a legend. What a legend. And he has very spicy cricketing opinions, so. <laughs> well, like, like father, like son. <laughs> How dare you call me out like this, Chris? How dare you call me out like this? Yeah, it's true. It's very true. Um, but it's been a big time for me, personally. Yes, yes, yes. I proposed a poll. You did. Did it? You are engaged. Yes. You are. I'm like a real adult now, Bardo. How do you feel about that? Uh, still time. <laughs> um, not for the engagement. I think that's wonderful news. I think there's still time for scientists to improve. To prove <laughs> that you are not yet a real adult. I don't... Polly's, Polly's you know, got, got to work cut well, out. Well, yeah. I mean, Paul... Paul does like cartoons as much as I do. I oh, did come into the living room the other day and find her sitting on the floor watching Adventure Time and drawing on her iPad. She is a 35-year-old woman. And that's when you knew. <laughs> that's it. That's when that I knew. That was, was the like, moment. This is the lady. This yep. is the lady that I yep. want in my life. The one. This is the new bro we know. Yeah. Uh, she's opening the batting for me in my heart. I'm not sure about that. The captain of your heart? Yeah, that's better. That's definitely better. <laughs> How about you, man? You've had a busy 10 days as well. You defeated painting. I defeated, yes, I defeated painting. Yes, we've been doing some renovations at home. Wouldn't recommend it to anyone. It's a terrible existence. <laughs> not that I want to poke a hole in the construction um, industry. I hope, sure. I hope they go well. Yeah, I hope course. they go well. Yeah, yeah. But it's a tough gig. Yeah, but also stuff them, Bardo. Terrible. I'll tell you what, though. Yeah. If you ever Mm. see me on the block, Ah. you know to call ASIO. Yeah. Because the terrorists have got me. (laughs) (laughs) Or SETI, Bardo, because you've been taken over by aliens and um, it's game over. That's right. That's right. You know. So it was tough. It was tough. But we got the the painting done. I'll tell you what. I can now tell the difference between... Lexicon Quarter Julux and Lexicon Quarter Wattle. Wow, Chris. Yeah. Wow. Now, uh, for those who don't know, Lex- <laughs> Lexicon Quarter is a shade of white. Now, you might wonder, Pat, how do I know the difference between Lexicon Quarter Julux and Lexicon Quarter Wattle? Because you've fallen into so many of both trays, butter. You know what it looks like on your pants? Well, I can tell you this, Pat, because we primarily painted the house using wattle, uh-huh. right, because that was what was recommended to sure. us as the, yeah. as the bougie. Oh. As the bougie paint. Well, well. Not to disparage our friends at Julux. If you want to sponsor not. the pod, that's great. Great dog. We'd love great to have Great dog. Brilliant. We'd, we'd love to have But wattle is the bougie paint. And right, I see. It's the, it's the bougie white, and it's generally used by painting professionals, from what I understand. Mm-hmm. Most buddies, folks. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. And, and our place. And most of our house is is painted in the in the wattle mm. lexicon quarter. So you do the base coat, uh-huh. and you do the lexicon quarter on top. Uh-huh. Now, side track. I don't recommend painting 
white on white. This is turned into a home renovation right. podcast, folks. There's a reason why it's a red cricket ball. Oh. All right. And not a white cricket ball. Because white on white will drive you nuts. <laughs> you just don't know. You paint the base coat and you're like, cool, that's a great white base coat. Yeah. All right, great. Now I'm going to paint Lexicon Quarter white on top. Yeah. And the trouble is when you paint white on white, sometimes you're not quite sure where you started oh. and where you finished. Oh, boy. And have you missed any bits? Oh, and you just don't know until the paint dries. Oh, you just don't know. Oh, it's really, really, uh, it's really tough. Anyway. <laughs> so one day we're yeah. doing the rounds, we're painting the house, yeah. and we've done the base coat on everything and we've done Lexicon Quarter on most things. Uh-huh. Right, but there's one room which hasn't had a top coat. Mm -hmm. And a member of our painting team, who was a relative, Mm. said, uh, look, don't go and get wattle. I'll use the rest of the wattle. I'll just mix it in with the Dulux. Oh, no, Chris. Because they're both lexicon quarter. Yeah, what could possibly go wrong? What could possibly go wrong? I'll tell you what can go wrong. (laughs) You get a third shade of white. (laughs) Your wife would have loved that, but I just would have you know, loved it. Paint of the same shade uh, is like cousins. Uh, they shouldn't breed. Yeah. They shouldn't mix. Wow. Wow, Chris. Wow. Right? I, mean, I think there's a lot of families in the deep south which would disagree with this. Top tip, all right? Uh-huh. Don't mix breeds <laughs> of the same breed. Don't interbreed. You know what I mean. Keep the paint separate. Keep the paint Barley. separate. I'm a, I'm a bigot. I'm a paint bigot. <laughs> You're a paint bigot. I can see this means a lot to you. That's right. But you've done. You're done. But we're You're done. the yeah. line. And, I, yeah. and so as a result, uh, I like to call our house mm. or the, the that section of the house, the Richie Benno section. Oh. Because, yeah. because of this debacle with Lexicon Quarter, we now have the white, the off-white <laughs> and the cream. Thank God. We don't have the white, the off-white, the cream, and the, the beige. Yeah. And the beige. <laughs> oh, I mean, that would have been a fourth and fifth car. I couldn't handle that, mate. I look. It would have been total mental breakdown the for thing you, buddy. Is, the thing is, like, I have never noticed bad painting before Yeah. in any building I've ever w- walked into, mm-hmm. right? Never seen it, never noticed. Mm. Never cared. Yeah. But now yeah. I can tell the difference between three different shades oh, of lexicon quarter. Chris, this is not information you needed in your brain. No one needed it in our brain. You know, it's it's yeah. the, you're a man who remembers in-depth statistics from cricket games in the 90s. Think how many cricket games have been pushed out of your brain so you could have lexicon lexicon quarter. Yeah. It's a nightmare, Butto. It's a nightmare. It's a true nightmare. It's a nightmare. So I hope there are some people listening to this episode at home, wherever you might be. <laughs> Some will empathise with me and they'll say, yep, been there, been there, my friend. And for those of you who haven't been there and who can't empathise, take this as a warning. <laughs> if you are thinking about renovating. Don't. Yes, do not. Do not. Do not. Or proceed I don't with- care how much Grand Designs you've watched, shut it down. Oh, Get yeah. that Englishman out of your house. Watch Bake Off. Listen, you may have watched Grand Designs mm. and you have, may have seen Kevin MacLeod over many episodes yeah. go, you know, they renovate, they've got big ideas and then they run out of money and it gets too hard and everyone gets stressed and out. Divorced and live in a caravan. You know, yeah. I mean, thankfully no divorce here. It's, hey, thankfully, good work. We, well done. We Chris. got that one. But And you think, and you, sit there and you go, I'll never be those people. I'll avoid those pitfalls. I'm here to tell you. <laughs> I'm here to tell you, Pat, if you think you're better than me, 
<laughs> if you think you're better than 15 seasons of Grand Designs, I'm here to tell you you're not. All right? Oh, folks, Chris Barty dropping knowledge on the pod. Don't renovate, ladies and gentlemen. That's the real message. Having said that, it looks absolutely fabulous. Oh, mate, it does look really good. I came it looks really it. good. Yeah, and it's one of those things. Like, it's one of those things. You, you, you go through the marathon. You're in the marathon. You're in yeah. the middle of the marathon. And you're like, why did I start a marathon? I can't believe I'm in a marathon. You get to the 27K mark and you're like, oh, what am I doing? This mm. is too hard. And then you finish the marathon. You go, that was the hardest bloody thing of all bloody time. Yeah. Can't believe I've done it. Uh, but sometimes buddy's got to grind out runs in the subcontinent. Sometimes you've got you to just grind go and out runs. a couple round, don't you? Yeah, Take yeah. a few on the body. And that's exactly what it is, Pat. That's exactly what it is. So right now I'm at the phase where I've crossed the finish line, mm. right? I'm Dean Jones in Madras. <laughs> 1986. <laughs> Not to talk yourself up too much. Right. But Dean Jones in Madras. Yes, exactly. Dean 86. Jones in Madras. Um, my My... Father-in-law was playing the role of Alan, Alan Porter. Oh, wow. And any time I'd complain, he'd be like, I don't want a Victorian. I want a bloody <laughs> Queenslander, right? Which is, of course, a famous line from Alan Porter. I don't know why my father-in-law would want a Queenslander. We I have mean, no connection to Queensland. But <laughs> point you, remains. Point remains. You take my point. So, look, it looks really good. Yes. We've got there. Yes. Right now, I'm just, I need a nice bath and I yeah. need some electrolytes. Yeah. Um, I don't smoke. <laughs> but you're contemplating taking it But up. I'm thinking about it. <laughs> oh, Bardo. Well, I'm glad you made it, mate. And look, like, it's been it's been a big time all round. It's been a big time for our correspondents too, I must say, Chris. Tricky time of year to get tapes out of people. Um, and we did move this recording date forward to accommodate me. So we're a bit short on correspondence today, Chris. Right. We're a bit light. You might say. Um, the only person we've got to take from today is the one and only Alex Spinks. Okay. But I think it's going to be quite thoughtful. Sure. I think there's a bit in it. He's left a rather cryptic message with it, which he says, has fun. Mine is just a waffle with no answers. It's up to you and Bardo to find the solution to my sorrows. I see. Interesting. I see. So we're going to delve deep, mm. deep into the psyche. Of Alex Spinks. And look, I don't think any of us have done enough therapy really to, to cope with that, but we're going to give it a go, but right. if, you, if you'll indulge me, we'll, indulge. Just, we'll just fire him up sure. and see what happens here. So um, here we go, folks. This is our first and only tape for the day. This is Alex Spinks, our Australian correspondent. I need somebody help, not just anybody help. You know, I need someone Hello everyone, and welcome to A Pointless Whinge by A Sphinx. Australia's test team has continued to roll merrily along this summer, having had on these shores a West Indies team still struggling to find the crease-occupying batters and batter-terrifying bowlers of its heyday, and a South African team that couldn't stay at the crease even after breaking two Australian bowlers' fingers. With a COVID-stricken returning Matt Renshaw and the returning man with a first-class bowling average of 41.84 in Ashton Agar, South Africa will still probably lose by 300 runs in three and a half days. So, in the vein of home teams romping to victory year on year, let's start our grandfather's favourite whinge. How to solve a problem like test cricket. Hold you there, Spinksy, just for a moment. But uh, how do you feel about that assessment from Spinks? Um, you know, it was a couple of selection shocks leading into this New Year's Day test. I mean, how did you, mm. one, how did you, let's start there. How did you feel about those selection shocks, but the dropping of Scotty Bowl and build the man a statue? Yeah, I think rough times, rough times uh, to drop Scott Boland. I think he's bowled quite well. And brilliantly. Quite well. Sensationally. Still has a 
Test average of 12. <laughs> I mean, it did go up two points there, Bardo. He went into Melbourne with it at 10. So I'm, I'm with the selectors. Drop the bastard, you know? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> this And you know what? This selection does no favours for the mystique around the New South Wales cartel well, that runs Australian cricket. Well, isn't that you the know? case, Chris? Yeah. I mean, what does a Victorian <laughs> have to average to stay in the Australian test team? What does a Victorian have to average, let alone a West Australian? Single figures? I don't Jeez. know. I don't know. Very tough. Very tough on Scott Boland. I think he's bowled extremely well, deserved to retain his spot. It's not like he's playing any other formats of the game for Australia. Very true. A la Josh Hazelwood. And I do wonder, with someone like Josh Hazelwood playing all three formats of the game, you may remember earlier this year, or early, late last year, mm. let's get my time zones mixed there, he captained the ODI side. Which he did, is, didn't he? Which was weird. That was strange. That was strange. But I do wonder if we're seeing now with cricket mm. the conditioning of fast bowlers almost to be more like uh, swimmers. Mm. And, and track and field athletes yeah. where you have dedicated sprinters and you have dedicated middle distance runners and you have dedicated distance runners uh-huh. and, and, and so on for swimming. Same thing, 50 metres, 100 metres, whatever. Sure. Up to 1,500. No, no, no. And I'm wondering if, if that's what we're going to start to see with cricket. Mm. Right. So we'll have your dedicated sprinters, which will be the, those that play the 2020 format. Yeah. Your middle distance runners, which is your, your one 50 days. overs, one days. Yeah. And then your... Long distance runners, which will be your test match cricketers. Mm. And I just wonder whether a bit of a faux pas has been committed here by trying to get Josh Hazelwood to play all three formats of the The game game when you've got a conditioned Ah. marathon runner ready to go Ah. who's not going to have another marathon to run for a year. No. You know, no, not for at least not until the tour of India. And at 35, you'd be thinking that with Scotty Bowen in the sort of form he's in, you'd want to give the boy every game that you could give him. Make the most. Make the most. Yeah. The only thing I can think, Chris, is that they really wanted to give Agar a crack on a relatively turning deck sure. to take him along to the subcontinent. Sure. Which is which is an attitude I understand. I thought the inclusion of Matty Renshaw was strange, mm. though, and especially been made weirder by the fact that he's got COVID. And, and honestly, Bardo, this just might just be me, but I did also find it strange that he's sitting so close to the fellas without a mask on out there. That was weird, yeah. You know, like, I get it. You know, he, he's still got to play, and which feels strange too, but I don't know, man. That just struck me as the whole thing feels weird to me. Does it feel weird to you? Yeah, that was weird. That was weird, especially in Sydney, in the, you know, in Sydney and Melbourne where they've been so affected by COVID. Mm. I would have thought... I mean, everyone's been affected by COVID, but I would have thought a mask is still the way to go. Yeah. Uh, unless they're kind of saying that he might be past the point of infection. But does anyone really know what's going on there? I mean, I, I, it's been over three years. I've still got, you know, not, squad. not much idea. I think I've got as much idea as anyone. But coming back to Ashton Agar, I didn't mind his selection because Agar, in addition to being a handy left-arm spinner, although his first-class bowling record is... Not great as Spencer. Okay, yeah. yeah. At best. He is very capable with the bat. Mm. When we've seen his, uh, obviously, you know, he's famous for his 98 in the Ashes 10 10 years ago. But so particularly in the shorter formats of the game, he's shown he's more than capable of holding the the bat Mm. and obviously can do a job with the ball. And I wonder, you know, obviously he's coming in, he's going to bat number eight 
in this particular test match. But I do wonder if there's an option for him potentially to bat seven mm. as a second second spinner. I think after Kerry's 100, you could have really bumped him up one and he played an extra bowler. But I guess they're feeling that given how much the South Africans have been struggling with their batting, that, that we probably will roll them anyway. As Spinksy says, that South Africa's batting has been not great. Chris, mm. it's been pretty bad. I mean, yeah. we saw some sparks there from Jensen and um, Varane in the last test of the MCG. Like yeah. they were both pretty solid. Jensen particularly I thought was really impressive. Um, that that kid's going to be a great, great, great all-rounder. You know, to have mm. someone of his height, someone with his bowling ability, mm. his average mm. with a ball, being able to hit shots that crisply from an incredibly talented Australian attack mm. was pretty captivating to watch, I mm. thought, and a great sign for – this is South African batting lineup, you know, five, six, seven years from now. Mm-hmm. But, um, geez, we we did pretty comprehensively do a number on them at Melbourne. Like you and I, our last episode, were saying that we really didn't know what was going to happen in the Boxing Day test because, you know, the gabble was so hog wild that it didn't feel like an accurate representation of where both teams were sitting. But you come out of Melbourne and you felt like, well, Australia really, you know, Warner's 200, mm-hmm. you know, Cam Green getting five full with the ball, you know, we just seemed so dominant. That's right. Look, and I think in terms of Australia, it was the best possible timeline, but in terms of competitive test cricket, it was the darkest possible timeline. Timeline, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how this test match pans out, although the ominous grace guys te- seem to indicate the rapture. <laughs> It's one of the sides. Could folks. be early doors on that. <laughs> yeah. Could be early doors on that. But yeah, look, Re Agar, I think we're trying to find the, the answer to the second spinner. I think someone that could possibly feel a little bit hard done, done by is Mitchell Swepson. Yeah, I thought so too. Uh, look, I know he didn't set the world on fire necessarily in Pakistan, but that was that was some flat flat wickets, real flat. Decks. So you know, and he, and he served a long long apprenticeship as Australia's second spinner. So I think he could feel hard done by. We seem to be having conversations about Todd Murphy being a second um, finger finger spinner, mm. you, you know, and Adam Zampa has played red ball cricket recently well, for the first time in a, in a long time. Well, yes. And that's another option. We're going to come back to Zamps, Bardo, after we hear mm. from the Sphinx. But um, let's let's go back to the man. He's just about to tell us about how to fix a problem like Tesco. Big three teams that hoard all the cricket money like Smaug, only one team has managed to win a test series in someone else's backyard in the last few years, and that is India's astounding win in Australia in the summer of 2020-21, and their less astounding and more of a formality of a series win in 2018-2019. That 2020 series was made more astounding given India's injury troubles and inexperienced lineup, missing Virat Kohli for a bit, and Australia had just returned from an Ashes-retaining series draw in England. But besides that... The continuing gap between cricketing nows at home versus cricketing nows abroad seems to be getting ever wider. India seems the only team really capable of winning an away series at another big three country, although the much-vaunted Bazball seems to have turned the purely pessimistic Poms into actual believers again, which is just insufferable, might I say? Australia got close in that drawn Ashes series in England, but that was just as big a surprise as anyone thought possible, as Australia hasn't won an away Ashes series since 2001. India also drew a test series in England in 2021, but their last series victory was a three test series in 2007. England last had a series win in Australia in 2010-11, and a series win in India in 2012, where Alistair Cook and Kevin Peterson were at the height of their powers, and Varenda Sehwag and Sachin Tendulkar were at the waning days of theirs. But India have only lost two home series in the last 20 years. 
the aforementioned England series, and Australia's series victory in 2004, where an Adam Gilchrist-led side featuring Australian cricketing royalty and an up-and-coming Michael Clarke won 3-1. Now, none of this is taking into account the reigning world test champions in New Zealand, but they recently lost to Bangladesh at home, so I'm just going to let that one lie. So, what am I saying? I don't know what I'm saying. Other than test cricket is hard, and it seems harder to play away from home than ever before. All three of Australia, England and India seem to have, over the last few years, shored up an identity and a playing lineup that suits them. India obviously having had it for many years, but have managed to overcome the Virat Kohli captaincy transition very well, as is their want. So Australia's upcoming tours of India and England this year might be a good indicator of where Australia is at abroad. But we will have to wait until the end of 2024 when England has toured India and India has toured Australia again before we can really see where the state of test cricket stands. I'll leave it up to our very handsome hosts to find a solution for me in the meantime as I'm recording this on the first day of the Sydney test. It's currently the lunch break and I have a beer waiting for me. Until next time, see ya! I need somebody Thank you, Spinksy. Very, very interesting thoughts. Bardo, how do you feel about all that? How do you feel about the state of Test Cricket winning series away? What's your what's your vibe on all those stats and thoughts from the Sphinx? Look, he's not wrong, is it? It's tough to win series away. We saw we saw the West Indies come out recently. Mm. That was not a great West Indian team. No. I think fair to say. Yeah. Missing Rakeem Cornwall, who might have made all the difference. We love Rakeem. Love Rakeem, cool. But that West Indian team, not too dissimilar, did beat England at home yeah, recently. Yeah, true, actually. They did, didn't they? You know, Pre-Basball, though, Bardo. Pre-Basball, yeah, granted. But still. Yeah. You know, it goes to show, and if, if a team like England is having trouble with the West Indies, then it really goes to show, as, as Alex uh, has said, mm. the travelling nous is not there. We don't... Seem to uh, we seem to be a tourist in New York City. Huh? You okay. Know. Do you know what I mean? No. Please keep going. It's almost like the the cricketing away teams. They turn up in the Hawaiian shirt <laughs> and they got the map hanging out the front pocket. You know, the wallet inspector comes up. <laughs> yeah. And he says, "Can I inspect your wallet?" And it's only until the tea on the second day that they go, "Hey, that's not the wallet inspector," and they realise they've lost all their money. Yeah, it's a, it's a bit like that, isn't it? Uh, but in the midst of that, you get these anomalies. Like mm. that that win that India had here mm. when they were ravaged by, by injury was exceptional, right? And they did it with bowlers predominantly who were bowling like uh, between 130 and 135. Mm. Do you know? And they did it with pure line and length and accuracy, you know, and it took Australia and you and me and even I think Dadia Jai Singh by surprise that India was so convincing and so good in that. And they really showed how to win in Australia. Mm. It's been so long since a touring team won in India and won a full series in India. Like that is mm. incredible. Like to me, to us, I know you feel the same way. That's the pinnacle of test cricket, right? Yeah. And to think that nobody's, we haven't won an Ashes series away since 2001. But mm. twenty-two years mm. this year. Mm. I mean, that's crazy. That's nuts. Yeah, it is, it's been a long time between drinks, hasn't it? I mean, 05, of course, is arguably the greatest test series of all time. Of all time. Yeah, and that was an Austra- That was obviously the greatest. You know, arguably the greatest Australian team of all time that was that was defeated there. But 
towards kind of the Back end. tail end of their powers, although they did have a, a, a resurgence uh, there in 06, 07. Mm. And then it was a bit, a bit of a rebuilding phase for, for Australia after that. We had the uh, ro- rotating cast of spinners. Yep. Couldn't find a spinner. Had the tradesmen-like quicks and struggled for top order and middle order bats in the yeah. wake of the retirements of Ponting, Langer, Hayden. Couldn't, couldn't get an opening combination happening. Going. Michael Clark and Simon Kadich came to blows. The whole thing was Shane Watson had a front pad. It was a, it was a whole thing for a long time. Whole thing for a long time. And barring a missed run out, we probably win the last series. Yeah. You know, and and a Herculean effort from Ben Stokes. Yeah, we probably win the last series. So I think we are in a better position away from home than we've been for a while. Mm. Uh, you know, tours. To Pakistan and and Sri Lanka, I think what both both finished one all. Yep. So you know that you would have, we would have liked to get a result in in either of those, but we're as well prepared for a tour of India as we've been for, for a long, long time. time. And we actually have a, a depth of spinners, which is so rare for us. Yeah. Right? If Agar goes well over the next sort of four days, like that would be uh, that's the more I talk we talk about it, Chris, the more I can see why the selectors have dropped them in there, knowing mm. that. Um, knowing that, you know, Schwepson can do a job and can turn it and is a good bowler. And with this young fella um, coming up and Nathan Lyon being brilliant, you know, top, he was second top or third top of the wickets last year, um, you know, and he's in perfect condition to go. And Chris, quickly, sidebar, but at, out batting at the moment, let's just touch some wood while I say this. But, um, it's, uh, touch some wood at home, everyone, too. Our batting's pretty damn good. At the mm. moment, you know, like Warner just hit 200, is looking great. Was he, well, he's not all doesn't fire every game, he's in great touch and is such a classy bat and is really well cut out to play on the subcontinent. Famously, you played that incredible innings um, in Pakistan mm-hmm. on those decks mm-hmm. back in the day. Um, obviously, and then Smith and Labashane and Travis Head. I mean, mate, Travis Head is in scintillating touch. He Travis is batting like an absolute. He's batting out of his skin. Batting, batting like a man possessed, and the speed with which he scores is most impressive. It's incredible. Why is anyone bowling short and wide to Trav? Not sure. Why would you do it? Don't know. You know, he came to the the deck in the MCG, and they immediately bowled short and wide to him. I'm like, boys, what are you doing? Engedi, get it up there on his toes, big fella. Toes and nostrils to Trav. Don't don't do it. But I wonder if he's so little. He creates a little time vortex out there because he's just just the pure absence of space. It's like negative sure. space in advertising. Okay. You know what I mean? There's so much area out there. You think that it must be the place to put it, and you're wrong, Chris. You're wrong every time. Yeah. Anyway, so look, I think we're in as good a position to go to India as we've ever been, and I think this series in England is going to be freaking nuts. Yeah. Freaking nuts, but yeah. I think the the other advantage for us is that whilst I think playing in India is the more sig- significant challenge, mm. yeah. playing in England is the one that means the means more. So let's say we go to India and we lose 2-1, mm. right? I think that that potentially has a really good effect on the team because we'll be really well galvanised. You know, we should be really sharp by that point in time. We've played probably the best team in the world I don't know what the rankings say, but I'm prepared to go out on a limb and say that mm. India is nominally the best team in the world at their home deck. And if we perform okay, then we are, I think, in as good a nick as we've been for a long time, mm. say since 2001. 
to go to England. Now, do I think we have a better team than what we had in 2005? No, I don't. On individual talent, I think the 2005 team is better. But as we talked about, the two, that 2005 team was sort of to, towards the tail end of their career yeah. uh, collectively and potentially wasn't as sharp as they needed to be going into that tour against what was a ravenous yeah. English team. Yeah. So I think it shapes as a really intriguing Ashes series and a lot of that is predicated on how we go in India, which is going to be one of the great sparring sessions. Oh, but isn't it just? And Spinksy, ha, that is how you save test cricket, Chris. What it's about is competitive series, mm. right? Mm-hmm. The death knell of test series, of test cricket, is what we saw of every series is like what happened with the Windies, where sides come to one country and they get absolutely rickrolled and then we go somewhere else and it's just absolute beltings either side. The reason that India series is so brilliant is because we lost the reason 2005 is so brilliant is because we lost. <laughs> is it just because brilliant when we lose? Not necessarily. But you know what I mean, right? You're a sadist. I'm a sadist. I love punishment. No, but um, it's when it's competitive, Chris. Yeah, for sure. It's when it's hard going and it's sure. when we see adversity like a man with a paint tin r- rubbing it on a wall and realising he's got a whole mix of bone off white and beige, seeing somebody pull through that sort of adversity, Chris, like Dean Jones in Madras, and come out the other side with some a victory or a loss. Either way, we're still thrilled to have watched it. Sure. And it's in that thrill that Test Cricket thrives. The other way to save Test Cricket as well, Mm. don't start the game on a Wednesday. Don't start the game on a Wednesday. Don't start it on a Wednesday. It's got no feel. Don't go feel. Or a Tuesday. Oh, mate, if you start a game of test cricket on a Tuesday, Chris Barty and I will come out there. We will find you, all right? We'll sort you out. Don't do it. Don't do it. Thank you, Alex Spinks. That was uh, fascinating stuff. But just before we talk any more about the the, uh, SA tests and before we get to our our 11 for the week, Mm. just a quick sidebar about the BBL. Not a Mm. common topic of chat between you and I, but some crazy stuff happened this week, Chris. Number one... An attempted man cad from Adam Zampa. Mm-hmm. Um, let Mike, let's put a dun 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 underneath that. Thank you. And um, <laughs> and or not, Mike. You decide. Yeah. Man. Okay. Yeah. Okay, Mike. If it's funny, leave it in. If it's not funny, take it out. Thank you. Um, okay. And Chris and the catch. The Dirk Nunes. Well, no, who was who did the catch? Michael Nisa. Michael Nisa. Well, I don't think it was Dirk Nunes. Hey, I'm not sure. He, he's in the commentary box, He man. is in the commentary box. I just like Dirk. Um, the, what a catch, Bardo. What, what was your – give me your thoughts and reflections following these two momentous events in the BBL. Uh, look, I think the Michael Nisa catch broke the fourth wall. <laughs> it was the flea bag of catches, Bardo. It was the flea bag of catches. It was the Deadpool of catches. In that it was comical and it broke the fourth wall. I'm really sorry, but that's the kind of backyard cricket crap <laughs> that would be great in backyard cricket and would start an argument for half an hour, 45 minutes that would mm. essentially end the game and everyone would go home mad. If you didn't see it, folks, a ball got hit right to the edge of the boundary. Nisa jumps up and he grabs it and throws it in the air. It's in the air on the other side of the boundary. And as it's coming down, Nisa jumps, grabs it midair and throws it back into the field of play runs back into the field of play and catches it. 
Mm. And so the reason the catch was given is that his feet never touched the ground while the ball was in his hand on the sixth side of the boundary. Mm. He only touched the ball while his feet were in the air, mm. which is pretty like, you know, what's the, you know, the meme, Chris, with the brains, the galaxy brain? Mm-hmm. It's pretty galaxy mm-hmm. brain from Nice, but you hated it. Look, I didn't hate the play necessarily. I think you've got to give full credit to Michael Nisa for thinking on his off his feet. Oh, well done, Chris. In this case, thinking well done, off his feet. That's good stuff, yeah. And making the play. I hate the rule. Mm. I hate the rule. I think watching it, there's a couple of things that we can do here. Mm. You know, clearly the rule's got to be tightened up, but it almost made you think we need to get rid of the rope and we need to go back to having a hard boundary. Wow. And I know the reason we got rid of the hard boundary is because dudes were sliding into the fence and breaking their ankle. So perhaps we can have a little padded boundary, you know, a little baseball Ooh. style. Have, a, have, a, have, a, have the padded boundary. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that, look, that might rob the game of the catch, throw it up, go out, come back in, take the catch thing. But we could have a little baseball style lean over the fence catch. I love that. They'll contend with the crowd catch. Yeah. You know, bit of that. I don't mind that. I think that that might be a nice, easy way to deal with that problem. And do you know what else annoys me about T20, Chris? Those boundaries are quite small, Mm. especially for these big boys. Mm. Like Tim David, mate, that bloke is a fridge. Mm. You know, he can hit him into next month. And you got these tiny little boundaries for Tim. You know, that bloke can hit it into Friday. So make him hit it into Friday. If mm. we're going to do this explosive, fun, short, super short singularity of cricket like yeah. we've talked about, let's let's at least up the difficulty a touch so yeah. people have to go and do some hog wild, jump into the crowd, punch a dude in the face who's got a beer, take a one-hander. Now, that's something. That's something. Yeah. What yeah. about the man cat butter? Adam Zampa. Going into bowl, rolling his arm over, takes his arm all the way through, goes back and knocks the bales off and does a little appeal. Uh, now, this one, mm. I have less of an issue with. My oh, shock get a no. I, I am shocked. I'm not necessarily anti-man-cat. Well, folks, you heard it here first. Mike, can I get another dun-dun-da? <laughs> if you don't want to get man-catted, stay in your crease. It's that yeah. simple. Hey. It's that simple. Listen. Don't, le- don't leave your crease until the batsman's bowled the ball. The ball's bowled the ball, yes. You know what I mean. I yes, know. the bowler has bowled, <laughs> the, performed his task. Uh-huh. Not the batsman's bowled the ball, but the bowler's bowled the ball. Uh-huh. Or, the, anyway. <laughs> I'm going back into bloody election quarter territory here, mate. All right, you're doing me in. But it's quite simple. If you don't mm. want to get man-catted, mm. don't leave your crease until the ball has been bowled. Yeah. Because if I'm at the striker's end yes. and I'm out of my crease and I play in me and it goes through the wicketkeeper, I can be stumped. Gone. Run out potentially. Mm. Uh, it doesn't matter. If you're outside your crease, that's a problem. Now, if you want to leave your crease mm. to give yourself an advantage to get to the other end to score a run more quickly, that's great. That is a gamble that you can take. Mm. You can make that choice. But the risk is... You'll get man-catted, mm. right? I've already borrowed from baseball once today. This is a rarity. It's a rarity. <laughs> I'm going to borrow from baseball twice. Wow, wow, we wow, folks. In baseball, if you try and steal a base, mm. many base runners, from what I see on the TV, will start off their base. I'll start a couple of steps off their base in order to get an advantage to get to the next base as quickly as possible. But the pitcher is well within their rights to turn around and throw to second base or third base to try and catch you out stealing base. Mm. 
What's the difference? Yeah. That's one of the most exciting plays in baseball. The stealing of a base. Mm. It's one of the most exciting plays catching a guy stealing the, the base. base. Yeah. Right? Now, I'm not saying necessarily that I want to do a man cat every four seconds or, or to try and catch a guy stealing as much as they do in baseball because we want to get on with the game. We want to get moving. Of course. But if the guy's repeatedly doing it and you've done the gentlemanly thing mm. and giving him a warning then and he refuses to stay in his crease, then that's his problem. It's not mm. your problem. Your job is to take wickets any way you can. I'll tell you what, Chris, I'm going to put that into action, mate. Um, next time we play the top side in the muddy eighth grade competition for Summerhill Summer Hill Cricket Club, um, where there's this one group, I think I talked about them on the pod before, of 12-year-olds um, who've all played rep cricket and absolutely smashed us. And I'm going to mancad so many of those 12-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> if I can't bowl them out, but and they're going to try and steal from me, I'm going to mancad the hell out of them. Thank you, Adam Zampa, for inspiring me. I'll let you know how many wickets I get. <laughs> What a loose unit. Um, Bardo, should we do our 11? Let's do it. Okay. So our 11 today comes from, do you want me to introduce You go for it, You sure? Yeah. Okay. So look, I was talking to Chris about um, Polly and I's ideas for a wedding. And my fiance is a delight and she's a very strange lady and I, I love her very much. She cracks me up. And she was hypothesizing if we could have a Space Western themed wedding. <laughs> Which is, again, another one of those moments, you know, where you're with the right person. Anyway, and so I said this to Chris and he gave me a very funny look and giggled a little bit. And it's inspired you, Bardo, to think of Space Western, sci-fi, and wonder if we can make our sci-fi movie and TV show 11, Bardo. Yes, yes, Pat, yep. Inspired by the great Polly, <laughs> the enchanting Polly. Yeah, our dear and favourite Poll. The yep. Polly who dares not go where anybody else will go for the rest of their life. <laughs> We decided to go with a sci-fi 11. Chris, in that analogy, does that make me space itself? <laughs> the dark and ever-reaching expanse of space. Oh, your head's certainly big enough. Hey! Uh, hey. Oh, there we go. Oh. Yeah. A little bit of chin All music. All right, folks. So um, right. Okay, so, Butter, what do you got? Talk to me about your sci-fi 11. Okay, so this is my sci-fi 11. Opening the batting. Yeah. We have... It's, uh, this is, you could take it as a movie, you could take it as a TV show, you could take it as a book. It's one mm. of my personal favourites. Opening the batting as the Michael Slater, David Warner, stroke playing, mm -hmm. sort of role. We've got Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh, sensational, Chris. I missed Hitchhiker's Guide out of my 11. That's a real oversight. I'm very upset about that. It's uh, one of my favourite books. Wow. Well, I thought the movie was highly underrated with Martin Freeman. Agree. Great movie. And Zoe Deschanel and Sam... Whatever his name is. You know who I, I mean. Know you mean. Played Zaphod. Yeah. So Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is my stroke playing opener. Yeah, love that, Chris. It's a little bit eccentric. It's a little bit strange. It's offbeat, unusual, unorthodox, but flamboyant. Flamboyant. It. Yeah. Brilliant. Uh, now, my stoic opener. <laughs> Your JL. My JL, my Chris Rogers type. Yeah. Uh, I've gone for The Mandalorian. Oh, yes. And I just have images of uh, Ford Prefect opening the batting with uh, the Mandalorian. Here's a great question that I would like you to ponder and our, and our listeners to ponder too, Chris. The flock. Ponder this flock. In the Mandalorian, great show. We have so much emotional attachment to that protagonist, to the Mandalorian himself, right, to Mando. Mm. And we never see his face. You say that, but I've seen his face a lot. 
in the show. What do you mean you've seen his face a lot in the show? Well, he takes- you, don't, you don't see Pedro Pascal's beautiful face in that show, mate. You see a little bit of chin here and there. No. For a bloke that says he never takes his helmet off, he takes his helmet oh, okay. off. He does have his helmet off a bit. But it's incredible work from Pedro Pascal, folks. It's great actor. Pedro's the guy. He's a great Stay actor. Stay tuned for The Last of Us coming out this Ooh. year, HBO. All Love brilliant. that. Love that. Also, a big shout out to, what was it? The Impossible Weight of Unbearable Talent. Oh, Whatever that Nick Cage movie was that he was in, I love that. Yeah, he's great. That was great. Coming in number three as my sort of Chestawa Pujara. Oh, we've gone for a wall. Type thing. I've gone for a wall. Uh, I've gone for (laughs) 2001 A Space Odyssey. Wow. Yeah. Classic, Chris. I guess for a few reasons. One, because of that, you know, that wall thing in the beginning, the giant tablet thing. Yes. Yes. You're never getting past that to the stumps. And I also like the idea of how 9,000... Or how nine is it nine thousand? How nine hundred? I can't, yeah, I can't yeah. remember. But him, sort of the the robot. Yes. Wow. You know that's yeah. a wall. Sort I'm of not- like Steve Smith's processing brain. Yes. Yes. Precisely. Yes. Precisely. Coming in number four, I've got the Pixar classic Wally. Oh, sensational, Chris. Yep. I love that movie. Love that movie. There's like no actual dialogue in that movie for like oh. forty two minutes. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. So you could just imagine. Strong silent type, but strong silent type. Wally coming into bat, he's a little bloke. Yeah, you know, it takes a little while to get off the mark. (laughs) Very circumspect, very circumspect. Knows how to leave the ball, knows how to leave the ball, (laughs) knows how to leave the ball. So, I've got Wally coming in at four. That's great. Uh, coming in at number. Five. This one was kind of inspired by Steve War mm-hmm. in that Steve War came into the Australian side as a very young man and mm-hmm. then retired as a very old man. Uh-huh. I've got Looper. Looper. Oh, the time travel one with um, Old Mate. With yes. Jason Gordon-Levitt. Oh, yeah, he's great. And Bruce Willis. Yeah, Bruce. Oh, oh. young man, old man. Yeah. Get so it. got that one. Got Looper. Mm-hmm. Strong. And for my all-rounder, mm-hmm. I've got The Matrix. Wow, Chris. All-rounder. My all-rounder. My Cam- about that. My Cameron Green. I know Jacques Callas batted three, but bear with me here. Sure. So it can do a bit of everything. Could operate in the digital realm. <laughs> can operate in the real world. <laughs> can dodge bullets. Yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah. Can do yeah. it all. Oh, I love can that. do it all. Listen, yeah. bullet time would be very handy in batting. Bullet time would be very, especially the short stuff. Yeah. So that's... Number six, yes. my all round. Now, number seven, my wicket keeper. You know, I like to have a bit of chirp behind the stumps. Love it, a bit Chris. of chirp behind the stumps. Love chat. So, this one, I don't know how many people saw it at the cinemas, but I really liked it. Oh. I thought it was a great film. Big fan of Amy Adams, I am. Oh. I've gone for Arrival. Oh, no, I didn't see it, Chris. That's a good one. So, Arrival is essentially aliens arrive no. and, and they send in a language expert huh. to try and commu- decipher their language. So they're, they're, they're these giant they're these giant squid fellas. Oh, big squids. And they shoot out ink Jeez. and it's shapes. Cool. Very cool. That's great IP. I love that. Very cool. And it's all about communicating with the mm. uh, aliens and there's a bit of other stuff going on, which I won't talk about too much because sure. it'll give away the movie. But if you haven't seen Arrival, get around Arrival. I really, really liked it. I think it's one of the greats. So that, that was my chirpy wicket keeper because it was a film about language. Uh, coming in at number eight. <laughs> I just got that. That just clicked for me. It's very good, Chris. It's there very you go. good. Co- coming in at number eight, my spinner. Yeah. Um, I've got Inception. Oh, incredible. 
Huge. Colossal. Just... Well, also because, like, they have the spinning top thing. Oh, smart. So there's yes. literal spinning. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah, aside from the fact that it's a bit of a mind spinner. Yeah, it's a real mind spinner, that. That's yeah. a spinner that can... That's a real shame worn type that can really get in the head of the opposition. You just don't know, do you? you don't Working know. on layers, Chris. Working on layers with them. So many layers. Yeah. So many very layers. Good. I like it. Uh, coming in at 9, 10, 11, we yeah. have... Our pace attack. Yeah. Uh, now for my strike bowler, quite obvious here, but I've gone for the Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> Just because strike bowler and strikes, but it's a good movie. It's arguably the <laughs> good movie, really good movie. Arguably best of the trilogy, the original trilogy. Oh, I, I think probably the best of the whole thing. Well, you heard it here first, folks. The whole thing. Uh, and then I got a little bit lazy, but I quite like it. <laughs> I quite like it. This always happens to you at the end of 11s, but you run out of steam when you get to the bowlers. Run out of steam. <laughs> it's because my batsmen are fat. It's true. I've gone for Terminator, 1984 mm. Terminator. Oh, yeah. Wow. Uh, and so Arnold Schwarzenegger is going to be, or Schwarzenegger is going to be my first fast bowler. Oh, yeah. And for my number 11, I've gone for Terminator 2. Mm, judgment Day. Yes, Judgment Day. Mm. And they, that's inspired me to have the liquid. Oh, yeah, the T-1000. The T-1000, thank yeah. you. I just have the liquid guy written here. <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't get any injuries, Chris. Would not get any would injuries. Would not get any injuries. durable. Arnold Schwarzenegger, you feel like, would break down a bit more. Yeah. But God, he'd be ratted, wouldn't he? I feel like Arnold Schwarzenegger would be Ryan Harris. Yeah, he'd bowl all day. His knee would go, but he'd keep staying out there. 100%. Yeah, 100%. Love that, Chris. Whereas the liquid guy... Maybe someone a little bit more whippy. Yeah, a bit whippy, a bit slingy. A bit slingy, maybe. And, oh, mate, what a stare. What a stare. What maybe a stare. like a lass of Malinga. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Look, I've made two stair-based selections um, Great. for my for my bowlers, but I'll get there. Um, let me let me start, Chris, opening the batting across from you. Um, number one, opening the batting, Star Wars A New Hope. Star Wars Episode 4. Nice. Have to start there. Classic. It's, um, it's a classic. Small budget. Big mm. results. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, not entirely like – it's a bit of a stalwart, I think, of the, of the scene. A bit more on the JL side of things. I okay. Think. I think it'd be a bit gritty. You know, yep. they made the original Star Wars, I think, for 200 grand. Um, oh, wow. And they made it for, for next to nothing. So much so that Obi-Wan Kenobi, um, the actor there whose name temporarily escapes me, uh, wonderful Shakespearean actor, got points on the merchandising um, for Star Wars. Mm. Didn't actually get a fee up front. And it ended up paying him millions and millions of dollars. So, Chris, you know, low input, high output. We love that. Opening the batting alongside Star Wars New Hope is Guardians of the Galaxy 1. It's got fun, Chris. It's got a lot of flair. It's um, a little bit like Saywag in his heyday. Mm. You know what mm-hmm, I mean? Mm-hmm. Like lots of flourishes, big cut shots, great entry music, great yeah. exit music, mm-hmm. um, great, great haircuts. Yes, you know, great haircut. Sensational love salads. That, love that choice. We love a bit of James Gunn here. Except when he's what he's doing with DC Universe at the moment. I'm, I'm very sceptical. Oh. I don't like what he did to my friend Henry Cavill. Wow. All wow, right. folks. Wow. We heard it here first. All right. I don't like what he did to Henry Cavill either. Yeah. We like Henry. We like Henry. He's a big time nerd. Builds his own computers. Big time nerd. Yeah. Big t- Who else is bringing a World of Warcraft to the cinemas? <laughs> very few people. Very few people. All right. Coming at number three, Chris. You, at number three, you want something brilliant, you want something epic, you want something sensational. It's The Expanse. If you Ooh. haven't watched The Expanse, you got to watch The Expanse. Awesome. Right. It's colossal. It's my favourite sci-fi series. It's basically, it's it's Bradman, folks. 
Wowza. What to three? Oh, yeah. Expanse. Yeah, dude, watch The Expanse. Look, it's slow burn to start with, a little bit confusing. Which streaming service am I on for The Expanse? It's on Amazon now. Amazon. It was on Netflix and it got cancelled. And then Bezos bought it because it's oh. his favourite show. Really? Yeah, arguably the only good thing Jeff Bezos has done. I mean, to be that rich. Yeah, to be that rich to be like, no, this is my favourite show. He hired everybody and was like, all the cars and creatives, keep doing it. Here's all the money you'll ever need. Like, what a dream. Why don't you give me that? And he's got all the original shows. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Check it out. All right. I like it. Coming in at four is Avatar. I'm including both films in this. Um, Big ego, Chris. Big ego. Sure. You know what I mean? Long time in the making. So you think you're like Kevin Peterson? Like Kevin Peterson. Exactly. Right. Swashbuckling. Big shots. Sensational. But one of those guys was substance. Do you know what I mean? Because they keep pulling in dollars, baby. Just when you think that right. it was all chat, was all this, they keep they keep backing yeah. it up. Wild results. Number five, Chris, June. June. Yeah. Mm. Chalamet, the desert. It's tough. It's mm-hmm. hard. Mm-hmm. It's brutal, but it's brilliant. It's iconic. Mm-hmm. It's swashbuckling. Now, I have to confess, I haven't seen... June, not because I don't want to, not because I don't have it lined up, mm. but I'm committed to not watching it until I've read the book. Oh. I haven't read the book. I haven't read the book. Well, Bardo, you need to do both those things, both those things fast, mm. my friend, because mm. you are missing out on a time, Chris mm. Barty. Mm. A time. Um, coming in number six, Chris, is Andor. Andor. I'm thinking more like um, Michael, Michael Hussey here. Okay. Maybe even Michael Bevan. Ooh. It's Andor gets you out of a tight spot. Do you know what I mean? Sure. And or it's on Disney Plus at the moment. It's about ducking and weaving, baby. It's about moving through the shadows. It's about grinding it out. Do you know what I like about that analogy? Mm. I, so I, I'll admit, I've just finished episode two of Andor. Mm. I, I'm in a household where I kind of have to watch Star Wars shows. On the sly. Yeah, on the sly, in between sly. things. Duck and weave, butter. You know, my wife, she'll, she'll watch the occasional sure. Star Wars. It's not her vibe. But she's got to go for the big ticket. Sure. The big ticket Star Wars yeah. one. So I was really stoked to watch the Obi-Wan series. Oh, yeah. As we all were. Um, but the stuff that's in the crevices, she would like me to watch it mm. and provide a plot summary. Indeed. I understand I, that. And here's the thing with Andor. You watch it, first two episodes, you're like, I don't know what's kind of going on here. I'm not super interested. And then it suddenly turns into a heist show. And then it turns into an escape show. Right. And then it turns into a totally different show. I have great hope because Stalin Skarsgård has just turned up. Oh, mate, you're in the wheelhouse now, Bardo. And I love that guy. Things are starting for you. Love that guy. So that's going to be cool. So I'm super excited about that. So I love that pick. Do you know what else Stalin Skarsgård's in? June, Bardo. June. Really? Get on that train. He's in a lot of things. He's the guy. Good actor. Coming in at number seven, Bardo, Mm. the wicket keeper in this is Firefly. And I picked Uh, Firefly for its great one-liners. Okay. Great chat. Great chat. Great outfits. Great times. And yeah. short and sweet. I kind of feel like it'd be like Adam Gilchrist at the crease. You know, not here for a good time, not a long time. Right. Maybe even Brendan McCullum coming out there, playing big shots. Right. Going for gold. That's right. Number eight, Chris, my spinner, is Altered Carbon. Do you ever cop Altered Carbon? I have not seen Altered Carbon. It's interesting. It's a sci-fi noir. It's a detective show. But the reason I picked it as a spinner is that each season has a different protagonist. The idea okay. being you can take... Your personality is on a disc that's inserted into your spine. 
So they call their bodies skin suits, right? They're just like they're. I can't remember what the actual phrase for them is, but the 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 main actor is the same. The main character is the same person in different actors' bodies. Ah, oh, that's a cool concept. Lots of wrongins, by the way. Lots like of wrongins. I like that. Interesting. Number nine, Shatner era Star Trek. First series of Star Trek from the sixties. The original Star Trek. Original Star Trek. Okay. William Shatner. Okay. I'm thinking of that that for its sheer emotion. You know, okay. Shatner being against the wall and like how heightened yeah. he was and how engaged he was and how much he went for it in all of those in all of those shows. Yeah. And like again, low budget, big results. Great choice. Thank you. Great choice. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Ten and eleven, my last two quicks. Uh I wanted two things that were going to put fear in the enemy, but I'd put fear in their bones. Mm. So I've picked Event Horizon, which is the which is that mm-hmm. Sam Neill sci-fi horror, mm-hmm. which is truly one of the most horrifying things I've ever watched. Mm-hmm. And Blade Runner wow. for the sheer darkness of it, the grit of the it, the darkness, the viscerality right. of it. I could just think those two from either end were just really terrifying opposition. Lots of chin music, Bardo, lots of glares. Right. <laughs> a few DK Lilly, <laughs> Mitchell Johnson. Yes, All Bardo, right. yes. That's the pace of take that I want in my life. Right. But with sci-fi movies and TV shows. Love it. Great choices. Thanks, mate. You too. Yeah. I feel like there's a number of movies. Before we announced that 11, mm. we did do five minutes of looking at the top 50 sci-fi movies and yeah. series. And there's a number on there we're like, oh, that's a really good one. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, I haven't seen that. Oh, I need to see that. Always meant to watch that. And, Bardo, it's a great time of year when the cricket's not on to watch a bit of what a bit of sci-fi. Listen, if the umpires have called play for bad life, mm. it's perfect time. Perfect bloody time, mate. Perfect bloody time. Hey, look, we're just at the end of the pod now. So but before we wrap it up, Chris, how do you think this last test is going to go? Look, it's started very ominously for South Africa. I don't know if we're going to quite see the apocalypse or the rapture. <laughs> Hopefully the clouds stay away and we see a result. Mm. Would love it to go into the fifth day. Yeah, wouldn't just, that be nice? Just so we can get out of a weekday. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I'd love it to get to the weekend. Oh, love to get to the weekend. That's, that's the aim. Let's, let's get the game to the weekend. weekend yeah. Uh, that would. That's the win there. Hopefully that's what happens. I just think Australia's going to be too strong. They're off to another, another solid start again. Mm. Two for one forty-seven at the moment. Two, two for one forty-seven. Yeah, Kawaja's uh, still at the crease. Minus got out for seventy-nine. Warner dismissed for ten. Steve Smith on nothing so far. Hopefully, Ashton Agar takes a bunch of wickets and turns that selection headache into a selection migraine. <laughs> we go to India. We rock and roll them. Yeah, and then we go on to England. We rock and roll them, and we rock and roll them. And then we have a stadium tour. Yes. A best song. Yes. DVD. <laughs> we need to start filming it for DVDs, but I like where your head's at. Yeah. That's the stuff. That's the good stuff. My friend, um, thanks so much for making time for me today. I know you've got to go back to it. You've got a lot of things on your plate. Um, and we will be back in your life, ladies and gentlemen, in another two weeks. Um, thank you so much for listening. We heart you all at the flock. Bardo, any final thoughts before we sign off? Only to say that we, two for none, myself, all the correspondents, all the seagulls in the flock, wish you and Polly a lifetime of happiness as you embark on the voyage of marriage. Wow. Marriage. Mm, Beautiful. And we wish you both good luck. More her than you. (laughs) Because you've already had a lot of luck, mate. (laughs) 
<laughs> to snaffle such a lovely lady as Polly. Yeah. So thanks. Charlie. Well done. Congratulations and uh, all the best. Thank you so much, Chris, and thank you all for listening. We really appreciate it. We'll be back in two weeks. In the meantime, go those Aussies. Go those Aussies. Supernun is created and presented by Patrick Cullen and Chris Barty. The show is produced by Ginger Snap Productions and edited by Mike Wilcox. Correspondent in this episode was Alex Spinks, and we had clips from the Beatles with help off the self-titled album 1965, EMI. Tupanon will be back in two weeks, and in the meantime, like, rate, review, subscribe, tell a friend about this podcast, share it on socials, get the word out that Tupanon's back for summer. See you in two weeks, legends, and oh, one more thing. Go those, I Go those, I